Turn with us, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalms 55, and we've been for a few weeks now on a subject we're calling Sustained. Sustained. In Psalm 55 and 22 we'll read. Let's, uh, let's pray and release our faith before we do. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you and agree together as touching this for utterance, for the anointing. I, since I'm the one speaking tonight, Lord, I'm asking you to speak through me, beyond me, as the oracles of God. Give us all ears to hear and eyes and heart and mind to receive and to, to recognize that it's you and to discern what's you. And by your grace, we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, hearers only, but to be doers of it. And as we do, we know our lives will change. We'll be blessed because you always watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do it. Get glory to yourself in us in every part of our life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amen means so be it. Psalm 55, 22. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord. Now, what would be the opposite of doing that? <laughs> that would be you keeping your burden, you carrying your burden. There's a whole lot of Christians asking the Lord to help them carry their burden. When that is not what he told us to do. Did I lose some people right there? Got some funny looks on that one. <laughs> are we supposed to carry the burdens? No. What are we supposed to do with them? Cast. cast the burden. The word cast, we'd probably say today, throw. Throw it. Throw what? Burden. Your burden. You ever had a burden? <laughs> What's a burden? Burden is something heavy. You ever had something that weighed you down? Made you feel heavy? Rained on your parade? You were doing pretty good? And then you heard about that? And you saw that? And it kind of took the wind out of your sails? Made you want to be sad? Made you want to be upset? What is that? I mean, what's that doing? It's pushing you down. Is that right? It's a weight. And what did the Lord say do? You need to be tough. And tote that burden in the name of the Lord. No. No. We were not designed to carry care. We can't do it. If you, I mean, you can do it, but you can't handle it. Carrying care will break you down. I don't care how tough you think you are, physically, mentally, any other way. It will break you down because we're simply not designed to handle it. It's like taking a new Lexus sedan and going four-wheeling in the swamp with it. <laughs> You're going to break stuff. Is that right? You're going to tear fenders off, right? You're going to burn stuff up. Why? I mean, the radiator's going to get full of mud and all the joints and it's going to overheat and you're going to burn your motor up and 
and your transmission's not designed, so you're going to break it. And why? It's simply not designed for that. And the reason why the Bible tells us, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Cast all your care over on Him because He cares for you. Take no thought for the morrow. How many times do we see these kind of things? Should we take it seriously? He didn't say try not to do it. He said don't do it. So what do we do with this stuff? I mean, it, it comes to you in life. Cares, burdens, concerns, fears, worries. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to do? Don't hit anybody, but show me what. Throw it. Get it off of you. Because you're not designed to handle it. It will break you. It'll break down your immune system. It'll wear you down mentally and emotionally. It'll age you prematurely. It will. It'll give you digestive problems, nervous system problems, respiratory problems. I'm telling you. So many physical problems that people have are either caused or made worse by worry. Some of them are completely caused by it. The condition didn't exist until they started worrying. Do you know it's been scientifically proven? That you can die of a heartache? A heartache. Physically die. There's been cases documented where there was nothing wrong with the person physically. But some terrible thing happened in their life and they just sat down and quit. And within a few weeks and months they died. And there was nothing wrong with them before that. Now here's something. If depression and grief and fear and unbelief can do that to you, why couldn't faith move you the other way? Faith and joy and peace. I mean, if fear and depression can kill you, why couldn't faith and joy bring you out? (laughs) It can and it does and it will. If you choose to do that instead of the other. I want you to say it out loud. If nothing else, just say it by faith. Uh, No, I'm saying say it by faith. (laughs) But you're ready. (laughs) And and, and you get a star for that. (laughs) I'm saying say this by faith. It's a real simple phrase. No more more sad sad days. Come on, say it out loud. No more sad days. Say it again. No more sad days. No more. No more. Now if you say, well, I, well, so you just, sometimes you can't, can't help it. Oh yeah, you can. You can't control everything that happens around you. You can't control everything that happens to you. Right. Come on. But you can control your response yeah. to it. Yeah. Oh, come on. Can you see? You, you can control your reaction, your response to it. No matter how terrible it was, it's still up to you how you react to it. 
You can react in despondency, despair, hopelessness, fear, terror. Or you can respond in faith and go, I don't care. I know this is not fun. I know this is not what I don't want to deal with right now. But God is still on the throne. And he still loves me. And I don't know how, but God's going to bring me out of this. He's going to bring me through this. I'm coming through. Right? And through your tears and through your fears, you can praise God anyhow. And you can give glory to God anyhow. It's a choice. Somebody say it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Or you can yield to it and pull the blinds and refuse to take any calls and feel sorry for yourself. And it's going to get dramatically worse quickly. Say it again. No more. No more. Down, days. Down days. No more. No more. No more. Why? Because you've got victory living on the inside yeah. of you. You're an overcomer. Yeah, you are. Keep reading. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and what'll happen? What'll happen? He shall sustain you. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. Talking about the ones that cast their burden on him. What's our part? What's his part? Sustaining us. Listen to some other translation. Complete Jewish says, unload your burden on Adonai and he will sustain you. The, the basic says, put your cares on the Lord and he will be your support. Don't you like that? He will be your support. God's word says, turn your burdens over to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will take care of you. The NET says, throw your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Another one says, he will keep you going. (laughs) He will keep you going. If you don't despair, if you don't hold on to the care, but you throw it off and say, I'm going to trust God. If you'll do that, every time he will come in and help you. He will come in and support you. He will come in and sustain you. This word sustain is translated in other places. We see it in these translations. To keep, to nourish, to feed, to provide, to guide, to hold or to uphold. That's what we've been singing around here. He's keeping me. Do you believe he's keeping you? Well, you didn't make it this far by yourself. Now in Psalm 91, we went to look at Psalm 91 last time and couldn't get out. (laughs) And didn't want to get out. Right? Just go ahead and turn there, Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells, Dwells means you live there. You're not visiting there. This is where you live. He that lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Abide means you stay there. Again, you're not visiting. This is where you live. This is where you stay. Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now get the picture. What is a shadow? A shadow is something 
you know, I guess we probably got enough light here. I can cast a shadow. See? All right. My shadow's on this fellow right now. I see my hand. Now, if he didn't have his eyes open, he might not realize that that shadow's covering him. But it's there. And the presence of God is not always discerned. Doesn't mean it's not there. Living under the shadow of the Almighty. How many can believe the presence of the Almighty is there? Whether you see it or whether you feel it or not, He's there. Keep reading. I will say of the Lord. Now, faith always says something. And sometimes people have said, oh, I love the 91st Psalm. But they act like all of it's up to God and none of it's up to us. You'll see we have a part in getting the benefits described in Psalm 91. I mean, we read the first verse. Here we are, just verse number two. And he's already talking about what we do. What do we do? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. The Bible said God is the Savior of all men, especially of them that believe. Believers experience the salvation of God that unbelievers do not experience. Now it is obvious as you look around in this world that not everybody's being kept. That's right. People are perishing. People are being destroyed, aren't they? People are being destroyed in their relationships, in their homes, in their families. People are being destroyed in their bodies. People are being destroyed in their finances, in their businesses. People are being destroyed in their minds. Not everybody's being kept and being sustained. And so why is that? Is it just not God's will that some be sustained? It's his plan that some perish? Anybody remember any scripture along that line? <laughs> what? First Peter, Second uh, Peter rather, 3.9 says he's not willing that any should perish. So anybody perishing, what do we know? It's not the will of God. And yet, it's happening. Are there things happening in this life and on earth that's not the will of God? A lot of things that are happening that are not the will of God. Well, we should be very interested to find out what's the difference. Who gets kept and who doesn't. A lot of people think they're content to just say, well, nobody knows. That's one of the great mysteries. You know? And yet, are we to take the word for what it says and expect what it said to come to pass? He told us to cast our care on him. And what? He will shall sustain. He'll support us. He'll keep us. Guard us, support us. Does everybody cast their burden on the Lord? No. No. What about people who don't even believe in him? Well, they're certainly not casting anything on him. They don't believe anybody's there to cast anything on. Which would explain some things. And even Christians, even church-going people, 
A lot of times don't cast their cares on him. Through wrong believing and every other thing, they think they can manage with it. They can take care of it. But they can't. We're not designed to carry it. Besides, it's a lot more fun to be carefree. And burden free. So instead of practicing how to carry it, we need to practice throwing it off. Is that right? You need to learn at the slightest feel of pressure on you. You go into throw mode. You don't sit around and stay depressed for three days before you figure out, I need to cast this on the Lord. That's being slow. You're not your normal, joyous, peaceful self. You can tell I'm off a little bit here. What's that? Uh Uh-oh, I feel a little something. I feel a little something. Do you feel that? I feel a little something. What do you do? Throw mode. Throw mode. The light comes on. Bump, 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 bump. What does that mean? Throw this off. Get this off of you. Throw it off. Now, the devil is a persistent cuss. He may try to bring it back to you three times before lunch. And if you're a smart little cookie, what will you do? <laughs> you, I mean, the moment you feel that. Now, anybody know what I'm talking about feeling? I'm talking about, not necessarily talking about feeling on your body, but on your mind, in your feelings, in your soul. It's a heaviness. It's a burden. It's a care. It's a worry. It's a fear. Don't wait till it settles down on you, pushing you down into your seat. The moment you begin to feel a little bit, just no, say no, no. Sometimes you need to speak out loud and go, no, I refuse to think about that. I refuse. Lord, I cast the care of this over on you. I know I'm not big enough to fix this. I know I can't fix this. So I'm going to give it to somebody that can. Here you go. That's right. And if you'll be a good thrower, how many believe God's a good catcher? (laughs) Keep reading. You say, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Now skip down for time's sake, because if I read every one of these verses, I'm going to try to preach on every one of them. So go to verse 16, the last verse. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now does this sound like what every person, man and woman, ought to desire? You come to the end of your life and it was a long one and it was a good one. And you're satisfied. Somebody say satisfied. Satisfied Satisfied means you did everything you were supposed to do before you get out of here. You found your call. You followed your course. You finished your race. Everybody you were supposed to help. Everybody you were supposed to be joined with and involved with, every kingdom project and thing you were supposed to be a part of, you were, you did it, you stayed with it, you finished it, and now you get up one morning and you're seeking the Lord and he says, you can come home whenever you want to. And what should you think? (laughs) Glory to God. You can say with Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have run a good race. I have finished my course. I'm ready to depart and be with the Lord, which is far better than being here. 
But you don't want to leave early. This life is short as it is. If you live a hundred plus years, it's going to come by so quick. You don't want to be robbed. And what we do in this life affects the next life. Where we'll be. You know, I think a lot of us are going to work together again on the other side. I do. And, uh, you know, those that were joined together in the plan of God down here, well, the Bible says what he does is forever. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of the same faces. (laughs) Would that that be okay with you? Sounds good to me. Plus a lot of other folks that we hadn't met and known. It'll just get better and better. But how did you make it to a long life? Satisfied. You had to make it through a bunch of things to get there, didn't you? I mean, how many would acknowledge you had to make it through a few things to get to here? How many had some things to overcome? Had some trials to get through? Some challenges, battles to win? Well, you made it this far because God sustained you. I know you had some things to do and maybe you had to fight and do, but I'm telling you, without the Lord's help, you wouldn't have made it. Whether you know it or not, it's the truth. Without his help, you would not have made it this far. You'd have already been gone many times over. You and me both. But how did they get there? This whole psalm is describing how he sustained them and us. The snare of the fowler didn't get them. They made it through the noisome pestilence. The terror by night didn't take them. The arrow that flies by day missed them. Is that right? The pestilence walking in darkness didn't get them. The destruction that wastes at noonday didn't get them. Is that right? Didn't get them. Somebody said it didn't get them. It didn't get them. A thousand falling on one side, but it didn't fall on them. They, they didn't fall with what caused the thousand to fall. And then something happened to 10,000 people at your right hand. You know what at your right hand means? It means right there. Amen. That's right. Right there. It, that, you talk about a close call, a close shave. Yep. But it didn't get you. It didn't. Why didn't it get you? Because God sustained you. He kept you. He supported you. He upheld you. Can you say amen? And because of that, you made it all the way. All the way. Go with me, please. To Psalm, eight, excuse me, uh, Proverbs 18. Then I believe we'll get back to some other things here. This is so rich. I've had a challenge leaving my introduction. <laughs> Do you like talking about how God sustains you? Do we need to hear a lot about it? How does faith come? It comes by hearing. I mean, you're not getting this through your local news, are you? Or national news? Is the announcer telling you, God's going to sustain you? You're coming through this. Mm -mm. So you need a double dose of it. In Proverbs, notice this great truth. Proverbs 18, verse 14. We'll read it in the King James. We'll read it in the Amplified. It says, the spirit of a man will do what? Sustain. Sustain 
his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The most important thing in every situation is spiritual, not natural. And what's going on in your heart is much more important than what's going on in your head or in your body or in your finances. Because, didn't the Bible say, we look not at those things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. Temporal means temporary, subject to changing and subject to change. If it's bad, well, was it always bad? Well, it went from good to bad. means it changed. It going from good to bad proves it's changeable. Well, if it can go from good to bad, why can't it go from bad to good? Bad to good to better than it was before it was good. It's movable. It's changeable. But you don't change outside things by focusing on outside things. You don't change the natural with the natural. You change the natural with the spiritual. And miracles start on the inside, not on the outside. You got to watch about fixation. Phyllis and I were talking the other day. I, uh, I study aviation reports when they come across my, my desk. Somebody had a problem, a crash in particular. I want to know why. Do you know why I want to know why? So I don't ever do it. I want to know. Why couldn't they keep that from happening? Well, we, we, we looked at one, and uh, Phyllis don't always like to hear about all of them. <laughs> but uh, I told her some of the broad strokes of one of them. These guys flew to a place, and they had a problem with the landing gear. And they went in a holding pattern, and they flew around in good weather with the airport right there until they ran out of gas and crashed in a wooded neighbor uh, subdivision. And... Uh, and the guy, the captain was a high time guy. He had thousands of hours. And, and the co-pilot and the engineer. And a good airplane. Good airplane. Airport right there. Good weather. They had a little light that was blinking on the gear. Couldn't tell if it was exactly right or not. Well, I understand. Go out there. Pattern a little bit if you want to. Study it. But don't run out of gas. You. Now, I know it sounds bizarre. But you know what happened? They listened to the cockpit voice recorders. They went through the flight data recorder. And having gone to school and studied on this a little bit, I know what happened. The captain fixated on that problem until he lost track of his fuel burn and some other things. It sounds like how in the world could anybody ever do that? You've done it. Fixating on a problem until you no longer see the big picture. This is a tactic the enemy uses with everybody that he can every day. What does he want you to fixate on? The problem. That's what the captain was fixated on. The landing gear light. Wouldn't, it would flicker. Sometimes it was on, sometimes it wasn't on. Is it on? Is it, on? Is it not on? Is it down? Is it? And he's very thorough and he's a sharp guy and that's all great. But he became fixated on that and lost sight of the big picture. The enemy would have you to fixate on the bad report. 
the negative test results. On the feelings in your body. On the bills. On the economy. On what somebody said. Or didn't say or did. Or didn't do. And you can... You find, if you yield to it, you get in a loop. Anybody know what a loop is? You know, we know what digital stuff all the time. They play a loop. What does that mean? It repeats the same thing over and over again. You get to the end and just keeps repeating. It'll do that all day and all night. And most everybody here in this room has done that. You, you get to think what they said and you replay it over and over again. And what they did, what happened, and, and what the report was. And, and, and you need to say, stop. You better look at the gas gauges, man. Is that right? There's other stuff going on besides this. Don't fixate on this and lose the big picture. In order to do that, you know, just make it a practice. Once you've heard the problem. And they told you again to make sure you understood it. That's enough. That's right. That's right. Quit talking about it. Exactly. You're not going to inform God of anything by telling him another hundred times. Right. Come on. You know, I think he gets tired of hearing it. Because it's not faith. That's right. Once you know what the problem is, okay, quit talking about it. Let's look for the answer. Okay, this happened. It's not good. All right. Quit talking about it, though. Don't talk with other people about it, either. Beware of the loop. (laughs) Huh? You know what the loop is? (laughs) Moving right along. The spirit of a man. What will get you through? Look at the Amplified. The Amplified says the strong spirit of a man does what? Sustains Sustains him even in bodily pain or trouble. Is he focusing on the bodily pain? He can't be and keep a strong spirit. But a weak and broken spirit, you're in trouble. Who can raise up or bear? Go with me to, or they'll put it up on the screen. You don't have to go there. Ephesians uh, 3. You go to Isaiah 40. Put up on the screen Ephesians 3, 16. Part of this prayer, one of the Ephesians prayers, is that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be what? To be strengthened where? With might. By what agency? By his spirit. His spirit. Where? In the now, this is not in your body. He's not talking about being strengthened in your body. And yet, this affects your body. Because right, right. the life that's in your body comes straight from your spirit. Yeah. The life that's flowing over your nerves, uh, in, in your brain, to causing the in, involuntary responses of heartbeat and breathing and all that. Where does that energy come from? It comes out of your spirit. Without your spirit, your body is dead. There's no life in it, no functions at all. And so the condition of your spirit immediately and directly affects your body. Because there is no life in your body apart from your spirit. And guess who else lives in your spirit? (laughs) 
the Holy Spirit. So it's possible for him to quicken your inner man, which is going to wake up the rest of your being. Come on, are you listening? Your your mind, your, your body. And he, he, the Spirit of God led him to pray this. So we know this is a prayer we can and should pray and expect to be answered. Amen. Sit out loud. Lord, grant me, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in my inner man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're still talking about God sustaining us, but here we're talking about him sustaining us in our inner man. In our inner man. Isaiah 40, are you there? Verse 29. Isaiah 40, 29 says God does what? He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He does what? increases strength. Does that affect you? When he gives power to you. When he increases you in your inner man. Look at the results. Verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Well, I don't care how young, how bright eyed and sprite you are. That can run out so quick. But they that wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord, let's put our other scriptures together, and they cast their, their burdens on the Lord, and they're just holding on to Him and trusting Him, hooked to Him, looking to Him. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? They shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Why? Because the Lord's keeping them. I said the Lord's keeping them. He's supporting them. He's strengthening them. He's sustaining them. So they, much like the Energizer Bunny, just keep going and going and going. Come on, is that right? And going and going. And when you're out of gas in the natural and you have no strength and you faint, does that have to be the end? It doesn't have to be the end. What does the Bible say? He gives power. To the faith. He increases strength to them that have no might. And when that happens, you can keep on going. You can find you can get renewed. You can catch your second win. And your third, fourth, and fifth. Is that right? And you can get back up and not just drag on, but power on. <laughs> Anybody believe it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to the book of Psalms. Back to the book of Psalms. Somebody say, God is keeping me. Here's something we're talking about, but you'll see the exact phrase of it. Here in the book of Psalms, I guess uh, 54 for time's sake. There's a bunch of them here. In fact, if you want to do some extra study on this on your own, Read the book of Psalms. There's a bunch of this, what we're talking about, about being sustained and being kept. There's a lot of it in this uh, whole book. Because uh, 
the examples here, you know, David talks about any number of times when he was down, when he was weak, and when God quickened him. God lifted him up. God strengthened him, supported him. And how many believe he's no respecter of persons and he's not changed? And what he did for him, he's done for many and he's doing for you. Somebody say he's doing for me, he's doing for me. In Psalm 54 and 4. 54 4 says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. The Young's literal, Dr. Young, author of the Concordance, says it like this Lo, God is a helper to me. You ought to say that out loud. God is a helper to me. Now, did you notice in in Psalm 91, he kept saying, God is my refuge. He's my God. He kept saying, my, my, my. It's not enough to just believe God, Jesus, is a Savior. He's got to be my Savior. And he goes on to say, the Lord is with those supporting my soul. Reminds you of the 23rd Psalm. He restoreth. What? My soul. soul. Does your soul need some support? Yes, Yes, it does. Can you get weak? Can you get weary? Can you get worn? Yes. Yes, you can. And that's not a physical thing. Now, it affects your body, but it's not physical. I, uh, it took me a few years to realize this in my own life and ministry in the early days of our ministry. We had a, a heavy load uh, speaking-wise. Uh, sometimes I'd, I'd speak 20 times a week. That's a lot. And uh, sometimes I'd go and I'd travel and I'd come back and I'd, I'd be tired. And I'd think, well, I, I need to eat something good and need to get some rest. And I would, I'd eat good, and and I'd rest, get extra rest, and I'm still tired. And it took me years to realize I'm not just tired on the outside. I'm tired on the inside. See, just because the inner man can be renewed, well, let me say it like that. If it can be renewed, if it couldn't be depleted, it would never need to be renewed. See, your spirit is not the Holy Spirit. And your spirit can be weak. If a person can have a strong spirit, we just got through reading about that. Why even say, have a strong spirit? If all anybody ever had was a strong spirit. So your soul needs support. And the inner man needs to be quickened. And needs to be strengthened. Go with me to the... uh, uh, 112th Psalm. 112th Psalm. And this is such a wonderful passage. Psalm 112. And I want to read this also in Young's literal translation. Young's literal doesn't read the best. But in fact these languages read backwards to the way English reads. And that's just how it is uh, literally. Young's literal. Psalm 112 verse 1. Praise ye Yah, O the happiness of one fearing Jehovah. In his commands he has delighted greatly. 
Does this sound like a depressed soul? Mighty in the earth is his seed. The generation of the upright is blessed, empowered to succeed and prosper. Wealth and riches are in his house. Now what do the naysayers against prosperity do with that verse? (laughs) You got any wealth and riches in your house? Well, if not, get some. I don't want to be selfish amassing all this stuff. Who said you had to keep it? But you can't give what you don't have. It's easy to be lazy and go, well, if I got enough for me and mine, that's all I ever need. Uh, Nobody said you had to keep it all. But believe God. Go for it. Reach for it. Get a big pile. Get enough for folk to talk about you. If nobody's talking about you, saying ugly things, then you're not there yet. Well, I want people to talk. I know I don't enjoy it either. But, but that's part of it. Didn't the Bible say? Didn't Jesus say? If you, if you were willing to forsake everything and leave everything and sow everything, you would reap now in this time, in this life, a hundredfold with persecutions. Right there in the verse. Is that right? So, uh, hundredfold and persecution go together. I know that wasn't necessarily what you wanted to hear tonight, but if you're not, if you're not to the point where people are talking about you a little bit, you need to keep going. Just keep going. Keep going until people are going, that's just too much. That's too expensive for that car, for that house, that this or that. That's just too much. That's too much. Did I lose somebody? And if you don't want to keep it, Sell it. Give it to the poor. Put it in the gospel. Nobody said you had to keep it. But keep going. Keep going until you're reaching on up. He said wealth and riches are in his house. And his righteousness is standing forever. Keep going. Light has risen in darkness to the upright. Gracious and merciful and righteous. Good is the man. Gracious and lending. He sustains his matters in judgment. Keep going. For to the age he's not moved. Now this is describing a soul God supported. When people are moved through fear and unbelief, your heart is moved. Your soul is moved. The inner man is moved. And if you can be supported enough in strength to be unmoved... No matter what kind of bad report you hear, no matter what kind of symptoms you're dealing with, no matter what kind of things people said and did about you, against you, etc., then you are being sustained. If you fall apart, that means you are moved. If you break down, cry, feel sorry for yourself, have a panic attack, close the windows, won't talk to anybody for days, then you were greatly moved. And what you want to be is unmoved. Can you be unmoved with help, with help? Now, I don't care how big and tough you think you are, how strong and smart you think you are mentally, physically, emotionally, you got a breaking point. You do, but I can handle anything. You're kidding yourself. You have a point where it's too much for you. you, Maybe you hadn't found it yet, (laughs) but you have a point. And at that point, 
you're going to need more than you. I said at that. In fact, you can find that point all too soon. But at that point, you're going to need divine support. You're going to need soul support. Inner strength. Quicken. You're going to need some source of supply beyond yourself that comes from not you, but comes from him. To the age he's not moved. A memorial age during is the righteous. Keep reading. Of an evil report, he is what? Not afraid. afraid. This is something to shout about right here. How can you tell if you really have faith? You're looking at it. I said you're looking at it. I mean anybody can shout hallelujah when everything's good and the reports are all good. We don't know if you got faith or not. It's when you get a bad report. You will be tempted to be moved inside when you feel like the air is knocked out of you. And you got zero joy (laughs) and zero peace. And you feel like panicking. What's happening? You're being moved. This thing is moving you. Is it possible to be unmoved in these kind of circumstances? It is. Most people are moved. But it's possible to be unmoved. There's there's so much overlap in this 112th Psalm between the man, the righteous man that trusts God to the man that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Right? Abides under the shadow of the Almighty. Say it out loud. Of an evil report. report. He He is not afraid. Come on, somebody say, I'm not afraid. Say it out loud, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to live. I'm not afraid. How could you not be afraid? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I'll fear nothing. Why? 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 Because I'm throwing my care off and he's sustaining me. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me and keep me. His strength keeps me and helps me. You got to make up your mind ahead of time. Because before you get out of here, you're going to hear some bad reports. Oh, don't say that. It's going to happen. Whether it's about somebody else or whether it's about you or whether it's about your finances or a relationship or or your health or your finances. There's going to be some bad reports. You're not going to get through this life and never get a bad report. See folks looking at me funny like, mm, I'm, I'm hoping to. No, <laughs> you've already got some bad reports, right? You've already got a bunch of them if you've lived very long. What's the key thing about dealing with a bad report? Do not fear. Can you keep from it? Oh, you'll be tempted to fear. And the more you listen to it and talk about it and think about it, the harder it's going to be for you not to fear. So once you've heard it, once you know it, quit talking about it. Talk about the answer. Prepared is his heart, confident in Jehovah. Hallelujah. 
sustained is his heart. He fears not. See, it repeats it. Till that he look on his adversaries. Somebody say, sustained is his heart. Sustained is his heart. Sustained is his heart. Sustained is his heart. You have to choose to believe. You have to choose not to fear. Now let's go to the 51st Psalm and you'll see this. There's, I know I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you tonight. But we need to build a foundation. Some of these things we may not have heard. I may not have heard much. But we, we, it can become common and liberating to us very quickly. When I say common, I mean familiar. Psalm 51 and 12. He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me. That's that same word translated sustained. Uphold me with your free spirit. But now, if you, anybody got another translation, what does it say instead of free? Willing. Willing. Willing spirit. The Young's Literal says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit does sustain me. The NIV says, Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. The the ASV says, uphold me with a willing spirit. Willing. This is not complicated. What's a willing spirit? The Spirit of God's already had us talking about it tonight in some other areas. It's being open. Being willing is the opposite of being closed. If you're unwilling, you're not open to it. You're not open in listening to it, much less doing it. If you're willing, you're open. And for God to be able to help us, we got to be open. If we're not open, the door's closed. His help can't get in. We're not open to receiving it. And he's not going to tell you the whole thing. He's going to tell you something to do, a step to take, a thing to say, a thing to do. And then you're going to have to do it by faith. And if you do it and when you do it, here will come the help. Here will come the strength. Here will come the sustaining. But before you can get it, you got to be willing. Somebody say willing. If you want to be sustained, you got to be willing. Isn't that interesting? Willing. I want to show you a principle in the word. Go to Genesis. And then I think we'll be going to Isaiah. Book of Genesis and the uh, second chapter. Now, last time we, we ministered on this, we referred to a passage in Revelation 3. And we saw the principle in Revelation 3.10 where the Lord said, Because you've kept the word of my patience, I will keep you from the hour of temptation. There's a principle in the word. He said, because you kept what I gave you, I'm going to keep you in this situation. If he keeps you, then that means what happens to all these people is not going to happen to you. All this judgment, which sounds like a thousand falling over here and ten thousand falling over here, but it didn't happen to you. 
Now we've already talked about it's obvious. You just look around, not everybody's being kept. Even some people that have some real good qualities about them are perishing. So why is it that God's able to keep some and some not? How many believe, whether you understand it all or not, you believe God is fair? God is fair. God is good. If there's any shortcomings, it's with us. Well, we've already seen some things. We need to believe him. We need to trust him. We need to not yield to fear. We need to be willing. Now, uh, look with me in uh, Genesis. In the beginning with the very first man and woman. They're in the garden. God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But before that, in Genesis 2.15, I just want you to notice this. Genesis 2.15, it says the Lord God took the man that he had created and he put him in the garden of Eden to do what? To do what? To dress it and to keep it. And I want to submit to you, we don't know how long it was before the situation at the tree happened and they sinned and fell. But I submit to you that as long as he did that, God kept them. Is that right? But when Adam failed to keep what God gave him to keep, then was God able to keep them anyway? To keep them in the garden? And to provide for them and protect them like he had up until that point? No. Can God keep a defiant, rebellious, disobedient man exactly the same as he can keep somebody that will listen to him and believe him and follow him? He can't. It's not because he didn't want to. It just shuts the door. How many remember in Revelation it says, Behold, I stand at the door and, and knock. And if any man will do what? Open to me. I'll come in and sup with him. There will be communion. Is he going to be in it with you if you don't let him in? See, here's the thing so many people have been confused about. God's not going to kick the door in. He's not going to kick the door and say, I'm coming in. I'm taking, you're messing this whole thing up. I got to take it over. He's not. Which is why the world is in the mess that it's in. It's not God's doing. It's man's doing. And the devil's doing, which was allowed by man. Oh, but soon and very soon he's going to fix it all. I said he's going to fix it all. We're going to be there to see it. We're going to be part of it. But I'd like to be sustained until I get there. How about you? But between here and the end of my course, I'd like to be sustained and not cut short. How many of you with me? You want to fight your whole fight? Run your whole race. Come on, you want to finish your course and hit the finish line? Boom. With joy, is that right? And be satisfied with long life 
seeing how God has saved you and kept you through all the years, through all the fears, through all the problems, through all the challenges. He kept you in your soul. He kept you in your body. He kept you in every realm. That's the only way we're going to make it is with him helping us and keeping us. But it's not just all up to him whether we're kept or not. Can you see we have a part in this? Now, Adam didn't keep what God gave him to keep. And because of that, God couldn't keep them like he wanted to. He would have been unfair, unjust if he had kept them on the same level he'd been keeping them, even though they defied him, right, and disobeyed him like they had. He wouldn't be fair. He wouldn't be just. How many know if he had done that in the end, how's he going to pronounce judgment on the devil and his angels? The devil say, hey, what about your precious little man? He did the same thing I did. He rebelled. He sinned. But no, you didn't do anything different with him. You kept him. God is the righteous judge of all the earth and the universe. His judgments are perfect. And even no matter how much he loves us, he won't pervert justice for you or me. He won't do something wrong. Unfair, unjust, no matter how much he loves us. It's not a matter of keeping rules. Not since Jesus came and redeemed us. But it is a matter of having confidence. If I don't do what the Lord tells me to do, I'm not going to have confidence in my heart. My faith is not going to be there for him to keep me. You'll see it. The further people get off and the more they mess up, something bad happens, they expected it. They're like, yeah, I know. I've done so much. I've messed up so much. You know, I, I don't deserve to be healed. I don't deserve to be delivered. Well, none of us do. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But So you've got to receive your forgiveness and cleansing in Jesus. Amen. But you also have to walk in the light of what you know to do. So your own, not God, your own heart is not condemning you. Right. So you'll have confidence to be kept. In every situation. It doesn't mean you never make a mistake. But the moment you do. You know acknowledge it. Don't try to hide it. Receive your forgiveness and cleansing. It's already bought and paid for. But then don't keep doing it. Or elsewise you're still going to be stuck in condemnation. Don't keep doing it. You got to keep. What he tells you to keep. In order to have confidence. That he can keep you. Like he wants to keep you. I don't want the Lord to be hindered at all in keeping me. How about you? I want him to be completely unhindered. (laughs) To be able to keep me completely like he desires to keep me. Let's look. You want to see some New Testament scriptures on this too? You need to see another Old Testament one first. Isaiah. Go to Isaiah and then we'll give you some more. Somebody say, God is keeping me. He's keeping me. Thank you, Lord. I'm going all the way. (laughs) You coming too? I'm going all the way. I'm going to make it. Keith's going to make it. How about you? 
I can't believe that for you. I can agree with you. But you got to believe it for yourself. And it's not because I think I'm so smart or or I've done everything perfect. I I know I hadn't. But in spite of that, by the mercy of God, he's keeping me. And he's going to keep me. We're going to make it. What if you get a bad, bad report, bad report, bad report? Refuse to fear. Is that bigger than God? Now we read about uh, Paul. We, We saw how that no matter how the enemy worked, crazy people, people stoning him, beating him with sticks, didn't keep him from doing what God called him to do. Typhoons, hurricanes, shipwrecks, is that right? Could not stop him from doing what God told him to do. Snake bite, is that right? Now how many think that if you were at a clinic out there, maybe it was the witch doctor, but on that island, they got no serum. They got no antivillum. Are you kidding? Would they would have given Paul a bad report? Yes. Like what? Like you dead? Is that right? You what snake bit you? Oh, that snake. You dead? That would be the report. Is that right? Any hope at all? No hope at all. Everybody gets bit by that snake. They die. They die. Everybody. Everybody. Sorry, Paul. And and what did he do? Did, was he able to be unmoved even though he's got some of the most deadly toxins known to man in his bloodstream? It's in him. It's killed the last X amount of thousand people that ever got bit from it. And he was able to do what? Well, it's a nice island y'all got here. <laughs> How about we have a meeting? Y'all want to have a meeting? <laughs> and they're thinking, you ain't having no meeting. <laughs> you about to swell up and fall down dead. But he just kept talking. And after a while, they began looking at each other like. <laughs> or looking at the sundial or whatever they were looking at. <laughs> he should have already been dead. And then they decided. He must be superhuman. He must be a God. And so, yeah, let's have a meeting. Yeah. How's that any different from getting a bad report today? A terminal. How's that has any different? A terminal report. It's no different at all. You might say, well, I, you know, you just can't help from getting upset. He kept from getting upset. Come on, show me what you do. Show me what you do. That sounds a whole lot like. That's right. Amen. I think they they must be kin. Shake it off, cast it off, throw it off. Same kind of deal. But now, now here's the thing. This is not a good idea. This is necessary to not get destroyed. This is where folks have missed it. They thought, well, yeah, that's, man, yeah, give me that pep talk again, and I'll, next time something comes up, I'll gift that a shot. No, honey, you have to do this, or you will perish like everybody else. And we got to quit treating these things like good suggestions, and realize it's live or die. It's win or lose. What? Whether we fear or not. Whether we allow ourselves to be moved or not. 
whether we panic. Oh, you'll be tempted. It'll come. And sometimes you'll have to cast it off a hundred times in a day. But that's where you fight the good fight of faith. You just got to keep on keeping on. That's right. Say it out loud. Shake it off. Cast it off. Throw it off. Fear not. Say it out loud. I refuse to fear. Here's a great revelation. Now, this is not based on how you feel. Your knees can be knocking together. Tears can be rolling down your cheek. The hair can be standing up on on your arms. And the devil say, too late. Too late. You're scared out of your mind. Too late. You say, shut up. I refuse to fear. Fear, I resist you. Leave me. And it has to go. I said it has to go. And if it comes back, you do the same thing. Comes back a hundred times, you do the same thing a hundred times. Fear, I resist you. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. I'm not afraid to die. I'm a Christian. I go straight to be with Jesus. I'm not afraid to live. I'm an overcomer. I'm, a, I'm more than a conqueror. And he's sustaining me. He's sustaining me. Uh, I keep getting excited and lose my place. Where are you now? It's a good place. Isaiah 26 and 3. Notice the principle now. God gave Adam something to keep. As long as he kept it, God was able to keep them like he wanted to. When Adam failed to keep what God gave him to keep, then God could no longer keep them like he had been. Notice this. Isaiah 26.3 Thou will keep him in perfect peace Whose mind is what? Stayed. Stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Is God able to keep you? Actually, the Hebrew says here, peace, peace. This is that peace that passes understanding. Is God able to keep you in peace? Do you have a part to play in it? What? You've got to stay or keep your mind on him. Can you see there's a manward side to this? The people keep, they just keep praying, begging God, please God, please God help me, please God help me. He said, I did help you. I told you keep your mind stayed on me. And if you'll do that, I'm going to keep you in peace. There's healing in peace. There's deliverance and restoration in peace. The peace of God is a manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. There's everything you ever need. I'll keep you in perfect peace. It, but you, but you got to do something. If you throw up your hands and say, I can't, I tried to, but I just can't. This thing has bothered me so bad, I just can't keep my mind off of it. It just keeps coming back. And I, No, you keep sitting there and yielding to it. And that's nobody's fault but yours. <laughs> you got to quit that. If you have to, jump up and, and, and shake it off and say, no, I'm not going to just sit here and think about that. Call your faith buddy. Is that right? Get your mouth to working because you can overcome wrong thoughts with right words. Do you mind if I do a little experiment here with you? I've done it before. If you've listened to our things, you may have done it with me, but it'll help you to do it again right now. The Bible said, 
God telling Joshua how to get victory. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. Which did he mention first, mouth or meditate? Mouth. You can control your mind with your mouth. When you really get bombarded with wrong thoughts and fears and feelings, it's time to pull out the big gun. And it's right under your nose. (laughs) Let me show you. Let me show you. I want you to think and count when I tell you to start from 1 to 15 silently, mentally. I'm going to say start. And when I do, you're going to go. You're going to count mentally, not audibly, silently, mentally. Now, while you're counting mentally, I'm going to lead you in a confession. But don't lose your place. Don't lose your count. Are you ready? Concentrate. Prove me wrong if you can. Are you ready? Close your eyes so you're not distracted. Now, when I say something, say it with me out loud and say it just like I say it. Begin counting now. Jesus is Lord. Lord. Keep counting. Don't lose your place. I refuse to fear. I I will not fear. 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 I resist you. How'd you do? How'd you do? What happens? If you said it with me out loud, the way I said it, without exception, it interrupted your thought process, which is outstanding news. I said, this is outstanding news. What does it mean? It means you can superimpose something on your thoughts. When your thoughts are not going the way they should be going, don't just sit there and wage a silent, losing mental battle. Engage your mouth. Right? With faith-filled words that he has said. And it will literally shut down what the enemy is bringing to your mind. It will interrupt it. Now, a lot of times when you get quiet again, here it'll come back. So if you're smart, you'll make your tongue do its duty and you'll speak what you believe and what you choose to believe. And if you'll do that enough, then when you quit, what you've been saying will keep going on your mind. It'll stay on your mind. What did he say? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. On thee. Because he trusts in thee. So what about the person who has no peace at all? It's obvious. They have not been keeping their mind. Stayed on him. They have let it go and stay on things it shouldn't have been on. You've done it. I've done it. Stop doing it. Right? Let's quit it. Let's stop it. Can God sustain us? Oh, I believe faith's rising in hearts. Come come on, do you believe? I know uh, there are different people, people watching by internet. There are people dealing with all kinds of situations. 
And the enemy's trying to tell thousands of people, you're done, this will never be right again. Your family, your finances, your body, this will never be right. You're not going to make it past this. It's a lie. Amen. I said, he's a liar. Right. He's a liar. Right. Who's bigger? Who's bigger? That thing or your God? Come on, I, I see, I can see in the eye of my heart and mind, I see people that have received bad reports financially, that have received lies and feelings concerning their finances, concerning their families, concerning their bodies. I see them making a full recovery. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And living another 20 years. Come on, are you listening? 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Come on, I see it. Can you see it? I see it in my spirit. Yes. Absolutely. I see it. Amen. I can see it happening. My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, at the age of 16, he was given up to die by the best doctors in the country. Some of the very best anywhere. They said he had multiple things that were terminal. He was born with a deformed heart. And that nobody in his condition had ever lived past 16. And when he got to, uh, uh, you know, a few months before 16, he became bedfast, going exactly like all of them had gone before. Other, other doctor told him that he had an incurable blood disease. That if that didn't kill him, this would kill him by itself. Incurable blood disease. So he's laying there bedfast, paralyzed, 16 years of age, no hope. But he got a hold of some light. Hallelujah. He got a hold of Mark 11, 24 and 23. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And he got the revelation. I got to believe I receive my healing right now while I'm still laying here paralyzed. He had to overcome all that doubt and all that fear and all that dread. I mean, before that, for months, he'd just lay there and wait to die. But thank God he got a hold of it. And without going through the whole thing, he, by the Lord, the Spirit of God dealt with him to, to make an effort to get out of bed, and he did, and he said the anointing came on him. It felt like warm oil just came down over him and flowed down over his body. When it got to his legs, which were paralyzed, they began to sting like thousands of needles, nerves coming back alive. Hallelujah. He said it hurt, but it hurt so good. And, and, he went on into the ministry and preached for decade after decade yeah. after decade. Yeah. Had to Bible school affect thousands like me yeah. and like many of you. Yeah. It was not the end. No. This terminal disease at age 16 was right. not the end for him. The incurable blood disease was not the end. Come on, can you see it? Not only was he a conqueror, he was more than a conqueror because he went around and told much of the world that the devil couldn't do it and how he got it by faith and how they could get it by faith. Come on, are you listening? That's being more than a conqueror. Not only did you win, but you make the devil eat it for the next 60 years. You make him wish he had never messed with you, that he had just picked somebody that would just shut up and die with it, and that would be the end. But no, he had to go tell everybody how we have authority over the devil, and how by our stripes we're healed, and how you can believe you receive, and taught faith to the whole generation. Now that can be part of your story too. You can give up, you can despair, you can fear, you can say this is the end. Or, or, you can say, 
Mm -mm. The air is not going to get me. The plague's not going to get me. Come on, are you listening? The destruction, the pestilence. Is that right? It's not going to get me. I'm going to make it all the way to verse 16. With long life, he's going to satisfy me and show me his salvation. What if there's death already working in your body? That venom was in Paul's body. Is that right? That venom was in his system. What happened to it? It's deadly. What happened to that venom? The power of God must have neutralized it somewhere or another. While it's flowing in his body. The power of God must have rendered it inert. Right? No no poisonous effect. No problem. Amen. Why isn't God not able to do that for everybody? Why isn't he able to do that for everybody? Because very few people will. Very few people will respond like that. And shake it off. And go. Yeah, it's not a problem. I've already heard from the angel. I got an appointment at Rome. Is that right? The angel of the Lord told me I have to go to Rome and preach. So I can't die in this hurricane. I can't die in this shipwreck. I can't die from these natives out here. I can't die from this snake. I can't die. I am going all the way. And God is keeping me. And he did. Somebody say he did, he did, he did. And God is keeping me too. He's keeping me too. Go with me to Philippians closing, I think. I I shouldn't say Philippians. Philemon. They sound similar, but they're not the same. Philemon. Oh, thank you, Lord. You want to sing a little bit? You You can break out into a tune anytime. Anytime. You can do it at home. You can do it in your car. God is keeping me. Mm, I'm going to make it. And it doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to be in time. It doesn't have to be in key. Tone can be way off. You're not recording. You're just singing. Everybody can sing. You might say, no, you haven't heard me. I, I don't sing. Everybody can sing. Everybody. 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 Like we've said, not everybody should record. But everybody, everybody can and should sing. There's a stronger anointing on it when you step up and, and start start just singing it right out of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. You know, I told you wrong the second time. Jude's where I want you to go. Jude. <laughs> a lot of this I've never taught like this before. So I'm believing to find the, the right ground. And you're believing with me, right? I believe the Spirit of God is saying to some folks, you need to sing. Not just right now. I mean, we may do some right now too, but I mean, after the service. When you go home. Tonight. In the morning, you need to sing. Don't take this lightly. I say it by the Spirit of the Lord. You need to sing. Especially some folks facing some situations. And you. You, out loud, out of your mouth. If you don't want anybody else hearing you, well, do it when nobody else is around. I don't know. Go go somewhere and shut the door. But 
You need to sing. You need to sing things like, I'm going to make it. I'm going all the way. Hmm. The devil can't keep me down. Nothing can stop me. It can't hold me back. God is bigger, bigger, bigger than this. Whatever works for you. Just let her rip. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to get old. With long life, he's satisfying me. I'm not dying with a stinking disease. I'm not dying by some dumb accident. I'm not going to be a crime statistic. I'm going all the way. All the way, all the way, all the way. See, you can sing all the way for 30 minutes if you want to. All the way, 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 all the way. I'm going all the way. All the way. All the way. Not going to die today. Not going to die tomorrow. Not going to yield to fear. Not going to yield to sorrow. Not going to give up. Not going to quit. I'm just coming out of it. <laughs> all the way. All the way. I'm going all the way. Now, that's me doing it and you joining with me, but you do it on your own. So I don't know if I could do be a right song. Who, who's going to say it's a wrong song? It's your song. They can't tell you it's the wrong song. It's your song. They can't tell you how your song's supposed to be because it's your song. It'll help you. It'll help you. Remember we talked about if you're willing, you have a willing, you've got to be willing to do things like this. And then as you're open and willing to do it, you'll open your spirit up more and strength will come into you. Strength will come into you. Soul support will begin to come up in you. You'll begin to feel like you're bigger on the inside. You, instead, of, instead of trembling under that bad report or that symptom or that problem, you'll begin to rise up and start looking down on it. And go, you little pipsqueak. <laughs> you, you little nothing. You are nothing before the mighty power of God. You are nothing. You are nothing. You are nothing before my mighty God. You are nothing. Your disease, you are nothing. Debt, you are nothing. Is that right? You are nothing. The Spirit of God's been talking about us on, to us along these lines ever since the service started tonight, hasn't he? Somewhere or another, it keeps coming back, doesn't it? keeps coming back. He's talking to us about the same thing. But we've got to remember it past closing time in a few minutes. We've got to remember it the rest of the night and tomorrow morning and Monday and Tuesday, right? We've got to remember it. Remember, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And it's a choice. We can do it. Jude, just one chapter, verse 21. You'll see the same principle here. What does it start off saying? Keep yourselves. Who's going to do this? Understood subject is you. You keep yourself. God's not going to do this for you. He told you to do it. He told me to do it. You keep yourselves where? In the love of God. That means no hating. Amen. <laughs> no hating. No grudging. 
No being bent out of shape. Now, now this is just a general principle. If you want life to go good, you want to stay healthy, and all your bills to get paid, you have to walk in love. Because your faith won't work. Faith works by love. Not a matter of keeping rules. It's a matter of your faith working. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Are you expecting by the mercy of God to make it and be saved and be in glory with him forever and ever in spite of all your mistakes and shortcomings? Well, surely you can show some mercy to your brother too, right? If you're expecting that out of him, it's not unreasonable for them to get some mercy out of you. Keep yourselves... In the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Keep reading. And if some have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that's able to keep you. <laughs> See the same principle, don't you? He said, you keep this. Then what does he say just a couple of verses later? I'm going to keep you from what? You walk in love. You forgive people. You show mercy. You don't hold grudges. You know what God said he's going to do? He said, he's not just saying, I'm going to to have mercy on you when you fall. What did he say? I'm going to keep you from falling. Why? Because you were merciful to people who fell. Instead of judging them, you forgave and were compassionate and had mercy. And if you do that, then you don't have to fall. You can be kept from falling if you walk in love with people who did fall. Don't you like this? It's like this. The Bible said, he that gives to the poor shall not lack. You want to not be poor? Give to the poor. If you give to the poor, then you won't be poor. And if you walk in love with those that fall, now unto him that's able to keep you From falling. Isn't this some of the best news you ever heard right here? Keep you from falling. Keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now this is, not only did he keep you from falling, but the other mistakes that you had made, they are washed by the blood of the lamb. And when he returns and he receives us, he's going to see us, hallelujah, without spot, without blemish, by the blood of the lamb faultless we're going to be received of him received to the father received in glory oh can you say hallelujah by the blood of the lamb but even from here until we get there if we'll do what he told us to do we'll go day after day and not fall We'll, we'll, we'll go past temptation after temptation and not fall week after week Month after month. Come on, are you listening? We can go year after year and not fall. Because is he able or not? Is he able to keep you? He is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, you ought to go ahead and start singing right now. Get warmed up. Oh, bless the Lord. 
Oh, thank you, Father. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we give you glory, give you glory, give you glory. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voices. Everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me, keeping me, keeping me, keeping me. Oh, you keep keeping me. You just keep on keeping me. Oh, thank you, thank you. Come on, lift your hands. Everybody. Everybody on the platform, y'all sing too. Everybody sing. Sing out. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keeping me, oh, you're so good, you're so faithful, oh, you're so kind and good to keep me, keeping me, keeping me, oh, you just keep on keeping me. Keeping me, yes you are. Keeping me. You just keep on keeping me. Oh, every day and every night. You bring me through. Make it all right. Yes, you do. Keep me, hallelujah. Keep me. You just keep on keeping me. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands and praise the Lord. Lift your voice and give Him praise. Lift your heart and give Him faith. Love and faith. Lord, I'm with you. And you're with me. You never leave me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you just keep on keeping me This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.